to hell. So hot. So hot in here. Take off your mental hot hoodie. Well, everyone, welcome back to the More of That podcast. We took a little hiatus, but we're back with our dear friend, Zachary Pohl, also known as Zach. And (laughs) Zach has an incredible company, apparel company called Mental Health is Hot, hot with two T's. And it is an apparel company meant to spark positive conversations around mental health and the money used to purchase the apparel directly Funds someone's therapy who can't afford it. I have my sweatshirt. Zach was at the breath work I led last night. We sold out like hotcakes. I have my sweatshirt too. It's one of my favorite, most comfortable sweatshirt that I have. And we're using this podcast episode to do exactly what the ethos of his brand is, to spark conversations about mental health and what Zach has created with that. So Zach, could you give us a little overview of how you came up with this idea in the first place? Yeah. Uh, first thing I do want to say, thank you so much for having me uh, to both of you. Uh, it's an honor to be here and thank you so much for being able to give me this platform to talk about mental health is hot. Uh, I just been really enjoying this project that I've been doing uh, and to be able to amplify it to your audience. So much appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 We, lo- we love seeing you do it and supporting you. And um, obviously it's a very um, good cause and simple initiative and simple initiatives are often the best initiatives and I'm excited to continue to support you in the growth of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to get a little bit more in depth here in that 30-second elevator pitch. You know, I really want people to be able to resonate with the story and and kind of see that journey because I think a lot of people uh, want to be able to start maybe some passion project uh, and don't really know the road to get there about something that they really believe in. So I'm going to get a little bit more in depth here. So there are really two simultaneous things that happened. The first, and how the story starts out, is I'm what's called a survivor of suicide. So... That means that I had a family member commit suicide. When I was 22, my sister Claire, who was 15 at the time, committed suicide. And that makes me as classified a survivor of suicide, which makes me one reason why I'm really passionate about being able to improve other people's mental health. And that's the guiding north star of everything that I do, at least in my career. And there were two simultaneous things that happened. The first is as a survivor of suicide, I would go to these survivor of suicide meetings and meetups. And the conversations... Uh, while very purposeful and meaningful, we're always really down. And you know, a lot of people love Adam Grant. So I have a, I'm at the intersection of business and healthcare. And Adam Grant is a very well known marketing professor at Wharton. And uh, a lot of people love him. I actually have a different favorite marketing professor at Wharton. It's uh, Dr. Jonah Berger. And mm-hmm. in his uh, best selling book, Traction, my experience, the big takeaway was there's two classes of emotions. There's uh, emotions that spark change, and then there's emotions that uh, get you down and don't spark action. And it's not just as simple as positive and negative. On the one that on the class that sparks action, one example is anger. While it's typically described as a negative emotion, it definitely gets people to take action. And so when I'm in these survivor of suicide meetings, uh, I would always feel coming out of this so doubt and I didn't want to do anything. And so it's like, I'm like trying to listen to these other stories and you know, they're horrible stories, but man, I just like didn't want to, I wanted to get out of there. holding space for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I really wanted to be able to talk about mental health in a very positive way. 
And I wasn't getting that from there. So I was already thinking, how can I have uh, positive conversations around mental health that do spark action, that are in that action bucket of emotions that we have, as opposed to the typical way that we were having these. Uh, the second story is I was, and you two have probably heard this story, I was getting lunch with a friend and she was telling me about how helpful therapy was for her. And then throughout lunch, I realized or found out that she wasn't going to therapy anymore. And then it was because she couldn't afford her copay anymore. And so the bill came out for lunch and I noticed, because we were going to split it, that how much she was going to pay was going to be more than her copay. And so there was no way that I was going to let that happen. How much she was going to pay for the meal? For Yeah, how much she was going to pay for the meal was more for her copay for therapy. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to let that happen. So I told her, like, look, I will cover lunch. Just promise me that you'll take that money and go get your first therapy session. So she was incredibly appreciative. Um, and I felt really good about it. And I just like, I want to do more of this. Um, or I want more of that feeling. Oh, I see what she did Ooh. there. Yeah. <laughs> And, but I can't fund somebody's therapy session myself. It's just unsustainable. So as part of going back to the other story, creating positive conversations about mental health, I just thought of the term mental health as hot. It's like, it's fun to say, you know, things like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. I made uh, just these shirts for myself that said mental health is hot. I just like made them on Printful and started wearing them. And then because I'm out and about and people are taking photos and posting them on Instagram, uh, some people saw me wearing it on Instagram and they're like, hey, can I buy one of those shirts? And initially I was just going to make the shirt out of my own pocket, give it to them. And I was like, no, wait a second. Like I can sell them the shirt and then I can get her more therapy. So uh, that was the idea. So I made the shirts and then I just posted on my personal Instagram page. I'm not an influencer of like 784, but who's counting? Who's yeah, counting? but 784 strong, strong, very connected <laughs> followers. That's yeah. what we call yeah. a micro-influencer. A micro-influencer. Uh, and I just posted, here's what I'm doing if you want. And I ended up doing, and I honestly thought I was going to get like two people to buy it. And that would have pumped me up. Um. Over 50 people bought the apparel. I was able to get her six free therapy sessions as well as be able to cover somebody else that she knows uh, therapy. And I was so excited about that. And I actually have this up on my phone. I bring up my phone. One of the words, and this got me so excited. She said, I can't thank you enough for your generosity and selling those t-shirts. It means more than you know to someone like me. To hold myself accountable, I'll let you know as soon as I'm able to uh, book the appointment with my new insurance. I call them today and they're sending me a list of the providers. And that's why it means the world to me. And I just love that so much. Um, Yeah, yeah, because it's not only the money that helps people, it's feeling supported. Um, and that somebody's going to hold you accountable and want you to get better, which is just a huge part of what I'm providing. So that got me really excited. Totally. That's huge. That's a really, that's a really, really good um, point of that that I hadn't really been thinking about with with mental health is hot. But the yeah, the it's action tough. of support really goes a long way too. Yeah, exactly. So for one of uh, the people who I was su- going to support, support um, one time, she, she her insurance just would not get her the therapy. Like it was so tough for her. So at one point I literally like drove to where she was, sat down with her and called her insurance company with her together to be able to navigate the steps to be able to find a therapist who's in network for her. I mean, when you're, when you're feeling depressed, I mean, because I've been there before too, the taking the steps to book therapy and find daunting. daunting. Yeah. And even, and even, and even now with like some better tools that are out there, um, it's, it's daunting. And like, I mean, I, I used to work at Uber, which had amazing healthcare. And I think we had, 
uh, Lyra Health or, or one of the one of the like really well connected things. Yeah. And when I was, this was the first time that I was doing therapy. Um, and when I was going to book book for it, I was just there's just a list of names. Yeah. And I have no idea who they are. Right. No reviews. No anything. No like. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and and when you're in that. A, a negative mindset for whatever reason you're in a negative mindset like yeah it's just an extra barrier so oh, yeah. i mean it's 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 very cool that you sat down and um yeah. like helped through that process and, and i think uh you know as uh we jam on where this can go to like creating that support network for people following through um, yeah. outside that is a really interesting aspect of this too yeah thank you it's one thing that's really important to me um, is being able to make people feel great and positive about going to therapy. Um, unfortunately, there's still, in some segments of the population more than others, a stigma about going to get therapy. In other places, it's very much celebrated. I know. Um, it's like in LA, it's like, wow, that guy goes to therapy. He's so hot. Yeah, it's like... it's like <laughs> Emotional intelligence, yes, please. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, like I know a couple where it's like, hey, like I'm not going to get back together with you until you start therapy. <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah. yeah, more conversations yeah. like that are important. I definitely feel like, and this might be a gross generalization, but East Coast, West Coast is so different. Like so many friends of mine who moved from New York City, like came to California, got a therapist, like learned about, you know, right. why they're having certain reactions to things. It's, um, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you go into the middle of the country and the, and the South too, it's even um, more of a stigma towards it. Uh, at the moment, I mean, it'd be interesting to see uh, some stats on that on on that as well. Um, but but yeah, like I mean, I grew up in Indiana, and and that was it was never even a topic of conversation. It's nice to see now that, um, which is why I didn't do therapy until I was twenty five yeah. for the first time. Um, but it's nice to see now there is like the stigma starting to go away, and you're seeing more of these therapy companies like Better Help in, in and- the. Yeah, BetterHelp and um, all the other ones like kind of in the public sphere. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, one thing uh, we haven't really gone into myself yet, but during the pandemic, when I was head of U.S. Healthcare Partnerships for uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and Pfizer, and helping them with the response to the pandemic and the innovation that was happening there, I was actually on a panel. Well, you uh, said that so quickly, but it was actually really, really cool. <laughs> you were doing, well, yeah, slow, slow it down, repeat it, so everyone yeah. can feel the so, weight of that. Yeah, and everyone like me who listens to the podcast on one point eight x can actually understand you. <laughs> so, uh, when the pandemic hit, I at the time was the U.S. head of healthcare partnerships for Plug and Play. Plug and Play at the time was the second most active digital healthcare fund in the world with 72 portfolio companies. Uh, but also I was working with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and Pfizer. And specifically already I was working with U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for if an infectious disease outbreak were to happen, how to mitigate it. Well, what, what, what time was this? So they, I started working with them in September of 2019 and then the pandemic hit five months later. Wow. Yeah. So I was working with both of them. And where I'm going with this is I was actually on a panel with Russell Glass, who's now the CEO of Headspace Health, um, talking about this exact topic. Wow. That's, yeah, crazy full circle moment. And I was going to say, too, uh, what, you know, in sharing um, kind of like the using it to take action, like the positive marketing approach. Yeah. Like, for you on a personal level, I would love to hear about that in your own mental health journey up until like, you know, 
founding this company to help other people have that invitation to talk about mental health. What was that that shift for you after like le- leaving those meetings and kind of pursuing a different way of navigating your mental health? Yeah, it's a good question. There's two parts to it. There's disdain for the way that the conversations were currently happening, right? There was the... And again, this is my experience, just my experience. The survivor of suicide meetings got me down and that didn't make me want to show up anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's a topic that is really important for me. Um, Finding therapy and all of that um, is a very lonely individual process, right? You're usually doing it by yourself on your computer. And then Eric, you kind of alluded to this. Usually what causes you to go to therapy what you have is maybe it's anxiety or depression. Those things also make you want to not do those things as much, right? They make you not take action. So the symptoms of what you have is actually preventing you from getting help. And walking into a a room with a new person that you've never met before to start a conversation with somebody that doesn't know you, doesn't know your story. And you're walking in for the first time while you're feeling like shit. Exactly. While you're feeling like shit and like you're supposed to open up like, so the whole thing's just a tough experience that requires a lot of courage. Worth it, but tough. Worth it, uh, but yeah, tough. And so the first thing there was, and then I was just seeing people not talk about it and come up with the reasons why they don't want to do therapy. And like I was noticing a lot of uh, my male friends who are typically my age, 25 to 35, that they would bring up. There's a stigma. They always had this reason why they didn't want to do it. They were turning to ways that were not good for their mental health to be able to improve their mental health as a way to cope. And it was really, really frustrating. And it was because they somewhat felt that if they started therapy, they were changing how they viewed themselves as like a strong person who can handle anything. He's mentally tough. And by starting therapy, they had to admit to themselves that they're not that person, which is one of the foundational aspects of their identity, their self-identity. And they couldn't do that or they didn't want to do that because that's really tough to do. And so I really, really wanted to be able to show them that, no, it's a lot like physical health. You have to take care of it. You have to go to the gym and exercise and do these things to make yourself into somebody who's physically more in shape. That mental health has a lot of uh, synergies there or a lot of things that are the same. So that was where I wanted to take it because I saw all these physical health brands coming up with, you know, like I, I take pre-workout and just, you know, all that stuff, you know, Pure Pump and <laughs> NO Explode. Like I love that stuff, right? So I was like, I'm seeing how they're marketing it. And I'm like, why don't we just market it like mental health is like mental health or take that marketing and apply it to mental health. And so I was like, that's how I want to be a rep in it. And so, but like eventually I can have all these thoughts, but it was just like, you can always have all these thoughts, not do anything. Um, it's just like, nah, I'm doing it. Like, cause I just have that mindset of like, let's go for it. Uh, it'll be cool and not want to do it. So let's go make it happen and taking baby steps towards making that happening. So like, I didn't do like everything at once. I just made myself some shirts. Mm-hmm. And then just started wearing them. And then I just went like one step after the other into building it and then getting to where I am now. By the way, does that answer your question? I don't know if it does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that answers Well, that answers one part of it, which is, I guess, kind of like how you, how you actually turned it into a brand. And then 
you know, as per your gym analogy of like yeah. going to the to yeah. the gym, what have been the tools that you've used on a personal level that have really helped your mental health? Mm. So that's a good question. There's, I feel like with your audience, if they're tuning into this podcast, they're also typically into like health and wellness. So if there's a lot of things I'm going to say that are, well, I'm not going to uncover anything new, right? Making sure that I'm getting seven hours of sleep, uh, that I'm going to bed at typically the same time, that I'm not drinking alcohol close to bedtime, that I am done eating typically before about 7.30, ideally, um, that I'm getting sunlight soon after I wake up, um, that I'm working out within the first two hours of waking, and that's a pretty good workout. I meditate probably five times a week. I got a sauna last month. Oh, my whoop, God. Whoop. Love it. <laughs> sweat so it like, out, sweat it oh out. Oh, my God, it's fantastic. Yeah, so I go into there and... Uh, meditate. I will say one thing that made meditation a lot easier is having a dedicated space to meditate as opposed to just like doing it anywhere, which is really nice. I do like the contrast therapy. So like I'll go into the sauna for an hour, 15, meditate, listen to a podcast, and I'll take a cold shower immediately after. Um, all those things are known, but I, as I was thinking about doing this podcast, I wanted to think about where can I provide some unique insights um, that maybe other people don't have as, as easily as I do because I'm at such an intersection of business and healthcare. And one thing that I did think about is I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal and they kind of touched on it. There's this very high unemployment rate between men who are 25 and 54. And one of they found one of the main reasons for that was because a lot of men have uh, too much pride and ego. You know, For men, typically, their stature in the world is tied to what their employment status is and who they're employed by and what their status at the company is and things like that. And a lot of men can't get jobs that uh, align with their self-identity and how they want to show up in the world so they choose to not be uh, employed. And so I've noticed that a lot of guys, um, their egos and their pride gets in the way of taking the steps to actually improve their mental health. So on a foundational level, one of the best things that I've done is I check my ego and my pride all the time Mm -hmm. to ask myself, am I coming from a place of just inflating my ego or am I really trying to improve myself and really focusing in on that. So on a foundational level, one of the most important things to being able to do everything that I'm doing is try to watch my ego and my pride um, and making sure that those aren't misaligned to where I'm in, where I'm still keeping my confidence, but making sure that my ego and my pride aren't getting in the way of what I'm trying to achieve. I think that that's so powerful. Um, It reminds me kind of same coin, different side of when I was um, sitting in a ceremony and a man, an older kind of macho man had a breakthrough and he started crying and he was like really embarrassed that he started crying. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And the elder woman holding the ceremony put her hand on his knee and she said, don't be sorry, the tears of men will heal the world. Mm. And I loved that. Because I feel like um, kind of extrapolating from what you were saying, like if uh, we were all taught that it was actually such a strength, as Brene Brown would say, to be vulnerable and to know that we're enough and we're allowed to have bad days or we're allowed to express our grief when we feel it, knowing that it's not going to be with us forever and knowing that our anxiety doesn't make us lesser than, then we actually are able to move through those emotions more powerfully and actually alchemize them and actually find community and connection with each other because we all experience them. 
I really want to hit on that. Thank you for bringing that up. So a sister committed suicide, huge faux pas, you know, something that most people don't want to talk about. Oh, I have a really good example from here. I'm going to get to it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it, it's really tough to bring out and people don't like talking about negative aspects to their life. And you know, for me, I was like, no, like, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah. I was like, fuck this. So I started openly talking about suicide and mental health. And it all of a sudden I noticed people opening up so much more and resonating. And it was, it was almost like I could like see something like being relieved, like some tension being relieved from them. That they're able to talk about it. So by opening up and talking about something as tough and vulnerable and things like that, I then noticed I was giving power to other people to be vulnerable and open up on things that they otherwise wouldn't have. And I guess like on a kind of subconscious level, that's how I was already percolating about mental health is hot is because I noticed that when I was being open and vulnerable and in a positive, it's not a positive way to talk about suicide, but like in, from, <laughs> from a way, from a way that you're sharing, sharing authentically yeah, yeah. and also wanting to connect with others and also wanting to move forward. Exactly. It's it, more, it's more being, being yeah. like open and honest and real about like, Life isn't all butterflies, exactly. And yeah. Unicorns, exactly. So I was giving power to others, and that was awesome. So one question that I have come up with recently, if I want to connect with somebody quickly, is I ask them, "Tell me something that you've been thinking a lot about that you haven't wanted to tell anybody else." And so at your birthday engagement. Situation. camping situation um, we were connected with people where it's like you know find out something about them and things like that and uh, my guy's name was Tristan and I, I only had like a couple minutes to connect with him and so I asked him that question kind of out of nowhere and he thought about it and he's like and he was just like you know like this is really opening up and stuff like that and I'm like dude, you're never going to see me again. Who cares? <laughs> He's like, but I am going to talk about it on yeah. a podcast. <laughs> no, um, and he was like, you know, like, I guess one thing that has been brought up is my uh, girlfriend and I have eight years broke up recently. I think it was about a year ago. And that's just like been really weighing on me. Mm. And you know, that's obviously something that guys and people don't want to bring up a lot. And it was something right. that was on his mind. And it was really interesting because as you two know uh and like he didn't know this like my ex was there you know and like that's something that's on my mind and so then we were able to connect about that instantly and really be able to get much closer with uh somebody who i otherwise wouldn't have and, and you're both a lot more at ease with each other and we're so much more at ease with each other and so then we're all of a sudden just having a much more safe space together and going deeper with each other and uh making and allowing him to know that what he's going through while he's going through it alone, we're all kind of going through similar journeys and it, it creates people to not feel so alone in what they're going through and that they can talk about it. And so that was really, really fantastic, but it gets more to my point that in being able to be more open and vulnerable and talk about things that you probably wouldn't have talked about you're actually creating more power and strength and connection and giving people the the freedom and the power within themselves to then be able to open up, which is really, really great. Yeah, yeah. I, I resonate with this a ton. Um, it's now, I mean, I, c coming from somebody who historically has had a lot of social anxiety um, and 
now I still get social anxiety, but I, I have a lot of tools to mitigate it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't feel it as often as I, as often as I used to, but when you recognize like to, to your point at, um, Meredith's engagement party, um, like when you recognize that whenever you're in a room, everyone else in there has something that's on their mind. Yeah. And if you can, if, if there is any awkwardness or tension in a conversation and you can stop yourself for a second and recognize that it's probably more about their environment and their mindset than the energy that you're giving them and yeah. try to break that, especially if you can sense that somebody else is like feeling anxious. Um, you can break that by like giving your, giving yourself a, a piece of vulnerability first where you, where you, you offer like, Oh, it's like, this is kind of like awkward that like you're like at a happy hour tech, tech mixer or whatever that I've been to. It's like, Oh, it's kind of awkward. Like nobody knows what to talk about or we're talking about anything. And then somebody else like can come back and like have that conversation back and it like breaks the anxiety and it, and it, and it slows it down and it makes it easier. And the same thing with getting more vulnerable about, um, like something that you're giving, uh, something that you that's been weighing deeply on you that gives people permission, you're basically giving other people permission to like share and open up and be more present. Yeah. As I say, whenever I go into a, a social environment now, my goal is when I'm in a conversation to uh, help guide that conversation to have us both or however many people there are be as present as possible for that conversation. Yeah. And usually that is through offering up some level of vulnerability. Yeah. Like you, you know, can't really do much pull ups or something like that. It's probably a go to for you. But uh, um, <laughs> I think you're talking to the wrong guy. Like that's, that's <laughs> like, that's one thing that I love about these hoodies is. I get text messages all the time about how just wearing the hoodie ended up opening up really great conversations around mental health that like, cause it kind of sucks to do it yourself. Let's just be real about it. Especially yeah. with strangers. But like, just like as you're wearing this hoodie, people come up to people who are wearing it and just like love talking and start talking about mental health and what they do and things like that. So it ends up sparking those conversations from the other side. You don't have to do it, which is really nice. Yeah. Right. Yes. You're like, they, they come to me. Yeah. Let them come to it's me. A, it's an open invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how has it been um, hearing kind of like the feedback around like those conversations or the people who have had therapy and, I guess with that, what what is inspiring for you when you think about the future of mental health is hot? Yeah. So first thing, a community, because I do want to talk about community, is the shirts create community. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like my friend, for example, who lives in the Bay, he goes to a gym. And I don't know if you two experienced this, but you can see the same people at the gym five days a week for years and Never have no idea hi. who they are. Yeah. And shout out to Wesley, <laughs> Wesley Magnus, who I saw in the gym for... A year and a half, every single morning, and finally met a volleyball one day, and we're like, "I know you." Wow! I just always you boys were like birthed as friends in my mind, right? But we were, we were, we were the guys at the gym that like were both super hardcore and never talked to each right. other, and then and then we finally were in the same social we're situation, so and, so. and we realized we speaking of vulnerability, like we both got super vulnerable with each other about a number of things, and we realized, oh, we're actually kind of the same person. <laughs> Which makes what sense because we're both hardcore in the gym, but yeah, like, we never talked to each other. We shouldn't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before you talk about community, I have a new product line idea for you. Hit me. Let's get vulnerable. Let's get vulnerable. Ooh. You know, it could Let's... be like a onesie or something. I do like the idea of a onesie. Yeah. Yeah. Something for laying. Um, actually, I'm going to go off on a tangent and just tell a hilarious story because it's hilarious. Great. So there's this girl... 
uh, who goes to the gym at the same time as me. And like, I've seen her for like two years now and I was always too shy to say something to her. One day she's stretching right next to the pull-up bars and I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up right next to her and go to those pull-up bars. I'm going to get her attention by doing muscle-ups. You know, muscle-up is where you do a pull-up right into a dip. So I go up and I do a couple muscle-ups right in front of her. She doesn't look over. So I'm like, fuck this. God damn it. This is stupid. So as I'm walking away, I just like, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to try this. And I like wave at her. And this huge grin comes over his face. She says, hello back, waves back. And then that was it. And I was like, what a concept. Like the way to get a girl's attention isn't to do muscle ups in front of her. It's just to <laughs> say a hi first. Like who knew that's how it worked. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I would, yeah. have, I would have for sure thought the muscle ups. I know. Right. Well, I feel that's, like, what I that's what I would right. have done too. Yeah. Actually as a girl, it's so funny. I feel like guys have these revelations years after we already know this. <laughs> I, we also have to learn our lessons and, like and, five times to and, actually learn them. And, yeah. and for like girls, whenever girls see you guys doing that, this is girls out, obviously my perspective. Uh, it's, it just seems like the guy is like peacocking or like trying to like prove something yeah. versus when you're just like, I'm so comfortable in myself. I'm just going to come up and start conversation and break the ice. Like that shows actual more genuine confidence yeah. to the girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you I, do I, now. Some, some, I, I'm not 100% there. You know, let's <laughs> not act like that was some break. Like, I still, you know, well, the, you also, I mean, I mean, we could go into a whole sure conversation about, we could, great, go, we could go into a whole conversation about males and female connection yeah. at the gym. You don't want to ruin, you don't want to ruin that so, sanctuary so for, anyways, either, for either one of you. So, anyways, oh. uh, community. So, anyway, so my friend was at the gym having that experience, and literally multiple people came up to him saying, like, I love your hoodie and things like that. And then he was able to start a connection with people that he sees regularly. And now he's able to talk to them more even when he's not wearing the hoodie. So the hoodie actually created community for him. And I hear those types of stories all the time where the hoodie itself, people come up to them, they meet them, and then they know them. So first thing, the hoodies themselves are creating connection. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen this. I mean, I'm wearing yeah. my Seek Discomfort shirt um, right now as well. The Yes Theory, the, one of our favorite YouTube channels and friends um, created too that um, has been a similar story um, like people always, people, people know about them. So they talk about seek discomfort, but then a lot of people who don't even know will come up to me about the seek discomfort thing. And I like, I like your, I like your shirt. I like your hoodie. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's really powerful. Like you said, I think you said it earlier too, to like have people come up to you instead of you having to engage the conversation and so much better. Yeah. Inbound leader, but not bad leads. All right. Continue. What's the other community part? Unless Meredith, you had something to say. Yeah, I feel like the, there are parts to Meredith's question. Oh, well, I mean, you. that was great. I was actually just going to go riff off of the dating example more. Um, <laughs> 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 but no, I was just going to say. I did wear these for a date. Oh, that's I a great did, call. Because I'm thinking about it and I'm just like, what a great, because I'm going to wear this. She's for sure going to ask. And then I get to talk about how mental health is important to me and all that stuff. And like girls, especially in LA, do think that mental health is hot and like taking care of yourself is really important. So I'm like, this is actually some of the best uh, apparel that I can wear for a date. I'm sure the girl's 100%. like, wait, I want to treat you to air one. I <laughs> actually sold one of these shirts on a first date. Wow. Um, yeah. Didn't you, didn't you make some content about that? About guys like or girl, you you did a poll on Instagram about um, what girls would rather have their date wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls yeah. love the hoodie. Like, yeah, of course. 
Yeah. Do I really want to wear like like a button down polo? Like that doesn't say anything about me. That's positive. Wearing a mental health is hot. That hey, I funded somebody's therapy by buying this hoodie. That says great things about the guy. So this you is, guys if heard you're it here to first. Date, wear this hoodie, hundred <laughs> percent. So so you were you were talking about how the hoodie itself and and people coming up creates community too. And I think you had another point on how you're building community with this as well. The other ways that I'm building community are probably more normal um, or more standard. We're building community by being able to go to events like we did with your breath work last night and being able to talk about therapy uh, and mental health, and which then sparks you know some great conversations that people want to have. It makes it more open to talk about. Um, I think by sharing the phone number, you know, because there's a phone number I'm, I have to plug. It's very important to me to plug. And of course, it just went away. The phone number is for mental health. It's hot. You know, if you're having trouble, afford your therapy. Um, either you or somebody you know you can just share the phone number at 973-791-9109. Again, 973-791-9109. Just text that phone number and then I'm going to be able to get you therapy through the funds uh, by purchasing this hoodie. That'll so, be in the show notes too. Yeah. yeah. So by being able to just share that phone number, uh, then you're creating space for people to talk about what's wrong. So it's a very easy way for if you think that somebody is struggling with their mental health, but you don't want to be like, hey, are you struggling with your mental health? Like, hey, are you depressed? Like, that's not like a conversation. Yeah. Like, that's a hard question to broach. Like, totally. hey, are you suicidal? Like, that sucks. So uh, just being able to say like, hey, by the way, I saw this phone number, you know, that you can text at any time uh, to be able to afford therapy. Because now you're talking about financials, which has less a stigma to it. Here's the phone number. It's a good way to be able to broach that subject and create more vulnerable uh, and deeper relationships with people. Yeah. And I was going to say on that note too, like, is there, um, like if you do know, notice a friend is like going through a harder time or an acquaintance or something, is there like a opener in a conversation that you like to lead with to kind of let them know that you're there for them or that you're a safe space for them to share? Oh, what's that card game? There's a card game. Uh, we're not really actually, strangers. Yeah, we're not really strangers. I don't know if you might have been there actually when we did this, where you go, "How are you?" Really, that's like one mm. of the cards, and that's actually like a really great way to do it. Is just ask people like, "How are you?" Really, and people open up way more every single time than I thought they would. It's actually quite effective. Should we do that right now? <sighs> Sounds like it's all on a tangent, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like we should all walk the walk this episode. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can, yeah. I can, I can do it because well, we we just had a meeting yesterday where we were we we'd love to do rosebud rosebud thorn, um, where rose is something good that's happening, bud is something that's emerging, and thorn is a difficult part of your life, and you can apply that to business or life, or we do it with more of that. We do it with our life, um, and my my rose had been that. I've been feeling really in flow lately um, and really like solid compared to uh, at the end of last year when I was trying to find a new place and uh, overwhelming myself with honestly trying to do too many things at the same time and um, like going to all these things, getting a little bit sick. um, And now, yeah, I'm really doing well. For me, it starts with the foundation of crushing workouts um, in the morning, first two hours of my day, every single day are dedicated to workout. Uh, or body movement. It's not always a hardcore workout. Sometimes it's a hike or tennis. Yeah. Um, but that setting the stage for me has been really good and simplifying my life. So how am I really? 
great right now. I've been worse. Nice. Great. Okay, I'll go. How am I really? Um, I think I'm a combination of like really great and also like this week I've been very, um, well, tired. Like I had food poisoning Sunday night um, and I feel like I've just been kind of groggy this week and we forget that sometimes we need like more downtime to rest. Like when you feel like you've made it initially to the other side of something and you're like, well, I'm not throwing up anymore. So I guess I should get back to all my work. And I think this week has been a reminder that it's okay to um, slow down and take extra space and to be, it's been a reminder to be more compassionate with myself. Um, If I didn't get a lot done one day after that, um, So yeah, just like little, little reminders, but it was coming on the tail end of me and my husband, Spencer, doing a little family wedding in Topanga. So it was like the highest high of all of our families there. And I got to like, you know, they gave us the master suite to stay in, which feels like so exciting when your parents, like you guys take the biggest bedroom. Um, But yeah, so it was like, that was amazing. And then coming after that from food poisoning. So it was like, just also allowing for myself to be you know, enjoying that past experience, but also feeling like really shitty at the same time. Yeah. So that's my answer. Spencer loves making the joke where people are like, oh, like, how are you and your fiance? And he's like, oh no, dude, she's not my fiance anymore. <laughs> and people are like, oh no, like what happened? And he's like, oh, we're married. <laughs> I've seen him pull that. Like I can see it in his eyes as soon as he sees the opportunity to do it. And he just gets so excited. That's hilarious. That's oh, um, how am I really... Like a seven out of ten, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, right now, in this moment, I feel really good. You know, it's really great to be here with both of you. It's a beautiful day outside. Uh, I had a really good workout right next to Arnold Schwarzenegger this morning, which is just a fun way to start the day. Name drop. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he was doing the same. Maybe we need to get him a we need to get him a sweatshirt. I know. I was I was pissed. Well, you know, it's like I I could wear the hoodie, and then maybe he'd say something. But I also just like love working out without a shirt on. So it's just like the two biggest things in my life are competing. What if you give him a muscle tank? <sighs> I know I need to make a muscle. I know, maybe. <laughs> may, anyways, maybe. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Broaching. He one time did say hi to me in the gym. I just want to throw that out there. He did, he did, it wasn't even like I said hi first and then he said hi to me. Like he said hi first. I want to throw that out there. Also, Mike O'Hearn gave me a thumbs up when I was squatting one time. Big deal. We should, we should, get, deal. We should get some um, mental health is hot. Viore collab get you some shorts so you can wear your mental health is hot oh that would no be shirts. nice yeah that's a good idea or yeah. a hat Viore, if you're listening you can wear everything but without a shirt but anyways back to the seven yeah, out of ten back to the seven out of ten but then i love our tangents though yeah great tangents um seek comfort uh <laughs> you know it's like on the other side though i'm not going to get too much into this but i've seen one of my somebody close to me recently struggle a lot recently with their mental health and uh, to see it has been really, really jarring. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been really jarring to see and kind of, I don't want to say shocking, but very unsettling throughout my entire body. And uh, it's really tough to see people that are struggling with their mental health that are close to me. And it's my experience, at least. It's really tough for me. Um, I've unfortunately seen it a lot of times in my life. And it, it it's, it's, it just sucks every time. So, you know, seven out of 10, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I think we've all 
felt no. that at, at at some point or another. No. Um, yeah, and, it, and it, it's interesting how that, like, I mean, in the reality of reality of life, how we like need to have our like positive experiences and um, like be present with the things that we're doing, um, but then these like feelings of empathy that come through for other people or feelings of like down and we have just like yeah. even Meredith was just talking about like feeling low from getting food poisoning and, and being tired but also being like on a super high because just like yeah. got married got a new husband um, and uh, yeah and it's like the it's very natural to grapple with the like feeling good and then coming in waves of like oh man like I also have to have balance of supporting other people too. And I like, I don't feel, I don't feel like comfortable enough with my own life unless I'm aware of my environment and the people around me so that we can all lift each other up. Yeah. It's important to lift up the people close to you because and I love this. I've read this like so long ago where it's like, if you take the five people closest to you and do an average of them, like that's essentially you. Um, so being able to lift others up, so important. Also, you know, like, Make sure that like you're watching out for yourself. Like you, you can't lift everybody up. Uh, you it's also have boundaries. You got to protect your energy for sure. Yeah, protect your energy. And if somebody is just like obviously going to be a sink there, it's so important to just move on. Right. Well, I think it's like I mean, with that too, it's it's like deciding to the extent which you can give that keeps you still feeling centered. And yeah. it's the whole airplane analogy of putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, like doing what you need yeah. to do for your mental health um, so then you can hold space for others. But it's so hard to hold space for others if we're also depleted. So I feel like it's it's kind of like know thyself first in terms of your own mental health and then and then to what extent can you hold space for others and then to what extent do we have to put up boundaries because with some people it's like the letting them know that we're we're there for them, we're not going anywhere, but also knowing that they, the change is going to come from within them. Yeah. But, yeah. and the most we can do sometimes is just being like, I'm not going anywhere and hoping also that they take steps for the their behavior to yeah. shift in a positive direction. Yeah. Um, Thanks for that honest answer. <laughs> yeah. From all of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, talk the walk, 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 talk, walk, walk the talk. Talk. Walk the talk. In the, yeah. in the spirit of, um, Supporting others, yeah. uh, you know, you as a um, like as a uh, like a suicide survivor, um, yeah. uh, like what to other what message would you or like like messages of support or, or things that people who um, maybe we, there's two buckets of this like people who are suicide survivors and people who are like contemplating suicide now, yeah. um, like what message would you? You know, share. You can pick whichever group of that you want to start with. Yeah. So with survivors of suicide, which yeah is is what I am, um, and like the message sucks, but I really hate saying this. I mean, yeah, I hate saying this a lot. Um, it is important to move on and not stay there and get back to your regular life, which. Yeah, it really bothers me. Um, you know, like, because, you know, myself as my sister, you know, like, she was my baby sister. And, um, you know, to, like, try and get on with life, like, she didn't exist. And, you know, we listen to Michael Singer and the Untethered Soul and the Surrender Experiment. And so, like, focus on the now and 
the, the past is you know, just like a story we tell ourselves. It's like, no, like my sister wasn't a story. Like she was real. And um, so it's like having those two truths, living with both those truths is, is really tough. I mean, um, it's like I wear this necklace around me and it always has something of Claire's on it. And then like some stuff from my mom and dad. Actually, recently we had to put down my dog Feisty, which was Claire's dog. And so I have uh, Feisty's dog tag on here right next to Claire's thing. Um, but like getting back into like your, your regular routine and like being active and things like that is really, really important. Um, I've seen people do that and I've seen people like really sit and let it control them. And those people for sure do not recover as well as the people who kind of move on, um, with their own life. So that's, that's for the survivors of suicide. The second one is for people who, who are contemplating suicide. And when you're contemplating suicide, at least as I understand, I've been fortunate where I've not had a suicide attempt. Um, I've never had suicidal thoughts, but from being so close to it and all the research that I've done with it is a lot of people see it as it's their only option and they're really having trouble thinking about anything else and they can't really think about anything else. It's completely consuming them. So it's just to be able to find some light outside of suicide is the only answer. I'm always going to be in pain. However, you're able to find that light, whether it's therapy or being active or meditation, talking to people. For most people, their experience when they actually do have a suicide attempt where they're going for suicide is that they're never going to be able to get out of this hopeless feeling. So it's just finding some type of avenue where they're going to be able to at least have some hope that there's an end to the pain of the suffering that they're mentally going through. Beautifully put. Thank you for for sharing both of those because I think it's, like you said, it's a really hard topic for people to, to feel like the space to talk about because um, they can be so personal and private and isolating, yep. kind of keeping those to to ourselves. So thank you. Do you, do you from from your like research and learning in that? Do you know any like statistics about that that world? About like how many people complete or? Uh, yeah, about like how many people are in the yeah like the the suicide just i mean just anything that helps put it into perspective of like um how many people are are uh i guess going through or coping going through it in terms of like thinking about yeah i'm gonna go back because i saw some stats it was a while ago it might take me a while but i'm gonna find them that were just absolutely shocking and i ended up posting them yeah i remember i remember you doing that actually before I have no idea when that was, but what I was doing was I was going through these surveys around the state of mental health among high schoolers. And some of the rates were shocking about how much uh, high schoolers are starting to become suicidal and have uh, feelings of hopelessness. Um, I know among, that's more on the cost of healthcare, which has also been just increasing at way too rapid at a weight of a rate. Um, but for instance, females are 30% more likely to have suicidal thoughts than they were just 10 years ago wow. uh, who are in high school. I wonder if that's it literally social media. It, it literally becomes, it's 23% have had a suicidal thought within the last 12 months. 
Like the, yeah, and, and 23% they, of high school well, girls. Yeah, so I, I, I was able to find it. So, yes, 24% of high school females seriously considered killing themselves in the last year. And that is about twice the rate of females to males. Males is about 13%. Um, among white, black, and Hispanic, it's actually roughly the same uh, in terms of feeling if they were going to do that. And this is a 41% increase for females in only 10 years. For males, it's a 30% increase. One in five high school females actually made a suicide plan in 2019. One, which in, is one in five. One in five. And that's in 2019, which is pre-pandemic. And that's a really, really these important These are younger, point. younger, right? Yeah, these are uh, females in high school. Yeah. Wow. This is pre-pandemic. And as, oh we, gosh, as everybody it's knows, yeah, it's, it's gotten so much worse. The next one is, and that's a 50% increase in only 10 years from females. It's a 32% increase in males. Those are, first thing, the, num- the numbers as a snapshot are horrible. If you take that growth trajectory and apply it for the next 20 years, well, that's a very small span of time for humans in general. That is an incredibly tough growth rate. And uh, high school females are twice as likely to be electronically bullied than males. Females coming in at about one in five. I mean, and that's the crazy thing with, um, oh yeah, I'm assuming that it has a lot to do with like the rise of social media and those, that generation, especially growing up with like phones in their faces since they were little. I mean, we got those kind of phones in college and already I feel like our generation has shorter attention spans and more like insecurities in that way, but I can only imagine it's even more embedded there. And that's the kind of shocking thing is that we really haven't seen, I mean, we actually have seen with those statistics, but like the true, like long term generational like ramifications from social media yeah. are just going to be astounding because that in itself is already like shocking. Scary. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary. And I think the, the big paradox of it all is that, yeah. you know, like we suffer with mental health when we feel alone in our problems and yeah. our insecurities and, and our yeah. isolation. And the biggest paradox is that we, we are all going through mental health issues at some point. And yeah. the more we can talk about it and feel less alone and know that it doesn't make us like less than or something's not wrong with us when we experience yeah. those emotions, you know, the more um, I feel like those emotions will lose their grip over us. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. It's really interesting on that too because we have all of these technological ways to communicate and like insane amounts of it. Yeah. Um, that we, we like, it's like if you're ever having a text conversation with a girl you like, um, uh, and you are like texting back and forth, you create a full. Wow, she's thing. texting you back. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm usually I'm usually the one who's slow. <laughs> I know, I know. Because you don't text me back. <laughs> we'll be, uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, um, fair point. But it's I, it'll come full circle because I'm vouching for in real life interactions, um, which is why I text back less. I call and FaceTime more. Um, but when you're having that conversation with a girl and she is texting back. Um, Let's say in theory. <laughs> in theory, yeah. Uh, you create a whole another conversation in your own head, and each person's doing this oh, for sure. in your own head. Yeah. And then you go back and look. You go back, and it's been like a hour, two hour long conversation. Like you're doing some other things during the day, um, and then you go back and look at the text conversations. Like six texts. Yeah. You're like, there's no way it was only six texts. Yeah. 
and we're sitting here like in, in our lonely spaces. And I'm imagining, I haven't been around as many younger people lately too, but like, I'm imagining they're interacting with their friends a lot in that way. And you're just creating all of these stories in your head that don't have an opportunity to be released. And, uh, and, and now this is also happening in the workplace because everybody, so many people are working from home or working hybrid and you're now communicating with your coworkers via Slack or whatever your insert, um, company messaging system and you're creating these same conversations and you create animosity and and yeah. and now you're like sitting alone you don't have the the water cooler chance to to break this like yeah. i think doing things to create open conversation in real life interactions yeah. like being in the office like releasing these things just literally for me for me it's like when i'm having those crazy psycho manic moments in my own head where i'm telling my own story i've just got to pick up the phone and call yeah. a friend and just so i have somebody else oh. to talk with otherwise i will go on cycles and cycles and cycles um, and then spirals distract myself, and, and spirals, yeah. and to distract myself with some worthless like piece of junk food, like Netflix or look or on YouTube social media, and, and then feel worse about yeah. yourself. And when I say yeah. junk food, I was going to say junk food content. I, it, uh-huh. I, I, I actually uh-huh. another tangent. Um, I got pissed. What's, what's, what's that white Goodman scene where he's like sniffing the pizza? Is that like you? Oh no, <laughs> no. I got I got pissed. I got pissed at myself the other day because I was I was feeling like uh, anxious and and. Uh, and would like just really wanted to binge on some junk food, and I opened my my pantry, and I had no junk food in there because I I have no self control when I have the thing there. Like I'm really good at setting my environment. I'm the same. And but I but I got pissed at myself because I'm like I just want something sweet to snack yeah. on. And then I was like, okay, I appreciate myself <sighs> in this moment. Myself. Okay, I have two things for you. The first is. I, I kind of talked about like ego and stuff like that earlier, and I just like remember this hilarious example. One of my friends, who's a huge fan of Jordan Peterson, is talking about like he listens to Jordan Peterson all the time, and he's like talking about like how he like can't go to therapy. He doesn't think it's manly. He doesn't like want to do all that stuff. And like, bro, Jordan Peterson is literally a therapist. <laughs> bro, you are literally getting guidance from a therapist. You are halfway there. <laughs> okay, do not tell me like your role yeah, model right. of like what a man is is that there like is a therapist. That's great. Well, and, also, and also like it's like all these all these people that are on podcasts too. Like, what do we think podcasts are? Like when two when two humans are talking to each other about like like getting getting vulnerable about their talk story therapy. and all their situations. Yeah. It's talk therapy. You're listening right. to two people have a live podcast or live uh, therapy session. Yeah. That's what it is. The second is I have that. So for those of you who don't know what attachment styles are, huge unlocking for me. I had no idea what they were. Whenever I was like, oh my God, have you heard about this thing about attachment styles in LA? Like I was like, yeah, dude, of course. Like, have you read attached? Yeah. And then whenever I brought that up around somebody outside of LA, I'd like, what is that? So I read attached. Incredible. I cannot recommend enough. I have a really anxious attachment style. So like whenever... Somebody who I'm romantic, if I'm not romantically involved with you, I don't, I don't care if you text me. I just, I don't even remember. Thank you for texting me back. But if it's somebody who I'm romantically involved with, and this is a lot because of my childhood and like having the experiences that I did, whenever it's a girl that I love and it starts taking them a couple hours to text me back, I start getting like really anxious about their physical safety. And, and then like I'll have like the whole other thing where it's like, did I word things the right way? But like sometimes I'm like really worried about their safety and I'm just like, they're, they're probably dead. Like at least halfway. And it would actually, logically, I'm like, there's a 0.1% chance that they're dead. But like emotionally, I'm like, they're probably dead. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, like the, so I'm getting a ton of anxiety because we're just communicating over you know, like a whatever, a digital channel. 
Yeah, they're fine. I know it, but like it's been, it's been, freaking it's been, it's out. been like right. 45 minutes. Yeah, it's been 45 minutes. I've literally, I've called one of our, I called Elliot one time and just like, he didn't, I don't think he knew what I was doing, but like I was just 100% using him to distract myself. Oh. You know, it's like, how are you, Elliot? I don't care what Elliot's doing. I need- <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, if you're listening, just- we love you. <laughs> Um, no, but with the attached stuff, it's so true. One thing to touch on and, um, then we're excited to jam on the future of mental, mental health. But I, I do love that you bring it up because our attached styles, like a lot of us do know this, but some of us might not, you know, come from, yeah, childhood experiences and our subconscious. And even though consciously we want to feel genuine and cool and calm and collected, like, um, especially in the romantic sphere, like someone else's interactions to us and with us can be like quite triggering to to us and um yeah. and so I think part of um part of kind of healing our anxious attachment styles because I also was anxious um attached before Same. i before I re- healed to a secure attachment style and met my now husband um but I love that you threw that in there. But I know it's crazy to say it still feels surreal. But I think my work in undoing that was like kind of realizing where where it came from and tracing it back in my own life and then reminding myself that regardless of who I'm dating or who I'm with, like I am enough and I don't need like like their validation or anything like that. Um, and then can communicate with them from a place of how is this interaction making me feel? Yeah. Do I enjoy being in their energy? And that then kind of softened this anxious grip on me because I realized I was anxious because I wanted to yeah. have security that we would see each other again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Resonates a lot. All of that's to say, you guys should read the book Attached if you haven't. Um, yeah. On a sharp turn, but not that sharp, would love to hear the blue sky's vision for mental health is hot. I want to be able to first thing get anybody who asks for therapy therapy um, at no cost. Number one. Number two, I want to make it as convenient as possible. Um, so with a lot of my work being uh, the ecosystem principal at VC VSP, one thing that we really focus on is the patient experience. I want to make it as convenient as possible to start therapy because we we talked about it a little bit earlier. How inconvenient of a process to start yep. therapy with somebody who you like is and be able to do that on a consistent basis. It's incredibly inconvenient. You look at how that compares to consumer markets with being able to use a service. Uh, it's a completely different experience, and I want to be able to make therapy as accessible and convenient as getting any other service, whether it's getting your house cleaned or getting going to like get book a massage or something like that. So with the future, it's partnering with therapists that I can then refer people to, um, which I've started doing. Um, some people who are therapists who just love the mission so much have already you know, been able to start supporting that. And I actually have a, a meeting with a new therapist next week about that. And so to be able to have therapists who are already within the network and being able to send people to them uh, directly instead of working through their existing insurance creates a much more convenient process for them. And I can vet them, make sure they're a good therapist, things like that. Right. Um, so be, to be able to make it as convenient as possible to start therapy with a high-quality therapist that you can see on a consistent basis is where I 
my priority is to be able to take where mental health is hot is because getting people to buy the hoodies and that stuff's great. I care way more about actually helping people with their mental health. From the hoodie perspective, I do want to be able to partner with some other organizations to be able to reach new audiences and really important that these audiences are like fun environments, right? I'm not bringing this to places that have like these down environments. It needs to be places where people are having fun, like at your breath work or at a yoga, at a festival, like where right. are people having fun and spreading the message in the right way? I don't want it to be intrusive. You don't want to be on Molly at a rave and somebody's like, you know, are you depressed? You know, <laughs> right. So it's, it's about, uh, kind of walking the somewhat fine line uh, to make sure that we're bringing it up in an authentic, engaging way that people want to then uh, participate in. Totally. I still feel that, um, well, yes to all of that, firstly. Um, And I love the idea of kind of making it a lower barrier to entry to the people trying to, yeah, access therapy, not just from a cost perspective, but also just like, where do I look and which therapist do I find? So tough. but I still really also think that you need to get Paris Hilton on this because you know how she was like famous back in the day for like, that's hot. I just feel like I just see that in the future of mental health is hot. When there was this raging debate about whether hot should be two T's or one T's, somebody was like, the two T's is like the Paris Hilton, that's hot. And I was like, you can't do your Paris Hilton voice be like, that's hot. And like say it in a down way. Like (laughs) it can't like, no matter what, like that's hot. Like it puts a smile on your face no matter what. And I was like, it's literally forcing people to have at least an inward smile. So I was like, that's great. That's what we're going for. Yeah. I love that. Who had the idea for the two T's in the first place? Me. (laughs) Mr. Creative. Wow, you were just like two T's, it's genius. One time I was meditating in my sauna and I was like... What a great sentence. (laughs) Great I love that sentence. I love that it's true. And I was like, why stop at two? Let's go three, four, five, (laughs) six. Like, it'll be so recognizable. And then I stopped meditating and I got out of the sauna and I was like, what a dumb idea. (laughs) Stupid. You're like, this thought is making me crazy. The T's go like all the way around the sweatshirt. Just just like like an ant. Yeah. Like a a line of ants, like all the way in a spiral around the sweatshirt. Right. That's what I was visualizing. And I got it. I'm like, yeah, stupid. You could make make one limited edition version of that. Do a uh, special release. I'll only sell it to you. Or I still like the, (laughs) I still like the, the let's, Let's get vulnerable or two other ideas riffing off of that would be let's go deep or or mm-hmm. go go deep quick. So the last two have like very sexual innuendos to them and I don't hate that. I know. I don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> what um And then when someone has makes a sexual thing, you'd be like, Are you crazy? We're talking about mental health how here. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So what, what other products have you thought about? Uh, so I did do a visor. Um, for somebody, I thought about leggings for this influencer. She just said no. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about a different product for mycelium festival because creating like the right shirt is really tough and needs to be custom done. There's a lot of things there. So I'm currently thinking about when you go to a festival in the desert, what are like the main things that you want there, but you didn't bring. And then yeah, yeah, yes. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking cool. of right now. Yeah. I'm also thinking about just like having no product with it at all. Um, and then from a, a like setup perspective, what I think might be interesting when because we're talking about the how to how to make it easier process for people to uh, book their therapy. Yeah. Have you thought about creating a network of ambassadors? Like I know that I would love to be an ambassador support. Like yeah. if you basically like if there are enough that is people, if you'd have him. If there, yeah, well, <laughs> it's another conversation. Um, if there's enough people coming in that need therapy, um, like you don't have to do it all yourself. Like and people can support somebody else. Just like be the support person to help them book uh, the therapy. Yeah. So so it's like, yeah. like it's just like here's here's a, here's a tr- like there's a trusted person in my network like this is all this is all private but like yeah. y- like we just want you to make sure you know you're not alone like you're going to have somebody else here and like I know that a lot of people in our network and I'm sure you could find other people that would that would uh, participate in that. So kind of um so I'm fortunate where in my career uh, I just like have some opportunities that come to me, and one of them four months ago was I was invited to this invitation only event at Meta, and I was able to see uh, Meta and Red Bull have this joint accelerator for startups that they run, and I was able to go to their demo day to see the startups that they were investing in, and one of the companies that I met was this company called Sleekflow. Uh, they're a startup based out of Brazil and they have this CRM that I'm using for the phone number um, attached to you know, Twilio to it. And I'm then able to have this dashboard where I'm engaging with people who both buy the hoodies as well as are getting the therapy. And so uh, I did have a conversation with somebody and got them onboarded onto the platform because you can have multiple users on that platform to then be able to text cool. and check up on people. Yeah. Cool. We love that. Well, I think we would love to get your rapid fire Zach answers to our final questions that we ask our guests on the show. This was amazing and definitely sparked great conversation within the three of us and hopefully for everyone listening as well. I wish that um, and I hope that everyone listening goes out and gets a hoodie and supports someone in therapy and and goes to therapy themselves. And yeah, yeah, so... Eric, would you like to take it away with our five questions? Yep. It's been a minute since we've done since we've done this. I had to pull them back up. Um, uh, for anybody who's listening to the pod, um, what is one actionable step that uh, they can do to create more belonging or community in their life? It's actually that question that I use to get deep with somebody real quick. It's just ask them. Hey, what's been on your mind recently that you haven't wanted to tell anybody? Shockingly works. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Two, what's one thing that keeps you grounded besides your sauna? Oh, besides the sauna? Yeah. Oh, it's for sure working out. 100%. Yeah. Doesn't resonate? Yeah. Um, And outside of uh, mental health is hot, uh, what's a community that you love being a part of? I guess it depends how you define a uh, community. Depends on how you define it. Yeah. So, like, I define my community as the people that I uh, spend the most time with. And, you know, I'm still best friends with my two best friends from high school. Uh, so, it's, and like, part of them are part of me. So, it's just you know, being part of the community of the three of us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
And we're glad that you didn't just take the low hanging fruit of saying more of that. No, that's not my favorite thing to be. We love you. Fear, <laughs> candor. Um, four. What's something you want more of in your life? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go with like the douchiest answers that I can think of. Uh, it's like more dates with hot girls. I want to lift more weights. I want more money. Uh, I want I want to feel more confident more. Let's go with that. I think, yeah, I want to feel confidence more. I think you probably need to take more um, NO2. Hair? Hair? <laughs> that's, well, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say you need to take more C4 and NO2 and then you'll be super confident. See, but it, it it's temporary. I know because I've borrowing, done this. Borrowing, I've borrowing, done this. borrowing from the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a hot girl listening, Zach clearly goes to therapy, helps other people go to therapy. What more could you ask for? That, and then he also happens to lift. <laughs> let's hit our last. Let's hit our last questions, and then we we'll wrap up. The last question is: What What would you like to see more of in the world? Mm. It's those microaggressions, and I think we talked about this earlier, where like maybe like a small thing just percolates with you throughout the day, and it could just be so easy to dissipate. I want to see a lot more, just like dissipate those small like micro anger things that get to them. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Um, where can people find you and um, find Mental Health is Hot? They can find Mental Health is Hot. We have an Instagram, Mental Health is Hot. Uh, we have a website. With two T's. Two T's. Two T's. We have a website, Mental Health is Hot, also two T's. Uh, they can find me on Instagram, Zachary, B as in boy, poll. Um, LinkedIn, I'm Zachary, Brandon, poll. Great. Love that. Zach, thank you so much. This was such an important conversation. We love you. We love Mental Health is Hot. And we're so excited for the message, the apparel, the therapy to spread. Thank you to both of you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. I know what you're thinking. How can I get more of that? Well, if you like this last episode and you want to be up to date on the most awesome people doing rad things in their communities, be sure to share and subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to connect to our online community and be up to date on our biggest, baddest, weirdest, coolest in real life events, you can follow our Instagram at more.of.that. We hope to see more of you soon. <laughs>